0: We're watching McDonald's report of McDonald's coming in. In fact, the numbers miss the estimates, and while they've seen sales growing and people that want their products, they're Costs have been on the rise. Ethan Chernofsky is with us, CMO at Placer AI. And Sean Dunlop, Equity Analyst at Morningstar. Thank you both for being with us. So Ethan, your thoughts? Because it doesn't seem that the items are the problem. In fact, there were strong sales of crispy chicken and the McRib sandwiches. It's the costs. So
1: I think it's just what you said. So you have to ask, is this a short-term challenge or a long-term challenge? And Every indication we have when we look at their, their physical kind of foot traffic and the performance at locations is that it's a short-term challenge because of the unique circumstances that McDonald's face in recent months. But the demand is still there, and this is with work from home playing a bigger role, that return to office being slowed down, and the impact that that has on that morning-day part. I think there's a lot of reason for optimism in the McDonald's camp just right. because of how well they have really performed in that physical location.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sean, what are your thoughts? Because as I said, you know, the sandwiches had the demand. In fact, the net sales rose 13%. They had strategic menu price increases, a growth in digital channels driven by loyalty programs that helped um, them drive these sales. But the question is if they can't meet the expectations, either the expectations have to change or the costs that have been on the rise are too problematic.
2: Yeah, Nicole, I think you're exactly right. And I'd agree with Ethan that the uh, the big question becomes margin, right? So they were able to raise prices last year about 6 percent. And what that does is it effectively neutralizes the wage hikes that we saw in the mid-teens. The big question now is, uh, is this commodity cost inflation that we've seen, uh, my calculations are about 10 percent in a quarter, is that going to prove ephemeral or is that something that operators are eventually going to have to price through? So The margin impact was certainly a little worse than we expected. It was about a 2.9 percent sequential drop in restaurant margins, um, which is about a point and a half worse than I thought. But, you know, I fully went into earnings uh, expecting that. As you think about Omicron wasn't fully factored into guidance. Commodity cost inflation was worse than we expected. And and you can see that intra-quarter. So really, I I came away from the quarter uh, encouraged by a couple of green shoots, opportunities to take market share in the firm's top six markets. Uh, and then the ability to sort of lean into scale and invest heavily in the off-premises channels, as Ethan alluded to.
0: And Sean, just, um, just to add on, customer spending, um, how are they doing as far as their habits?
2: Boy, as far as we can tell, it seems to be holding up pretty well. I mean, 13.8% U.S. comparable store sales, that's the best that the banner has ever reported. And uh, this is no small chain. So Again, I don't know that sales are necessarily the problem. Moving forward, we're gonna be looking at, uh, at margins. And I do think that uh, the near-term pressures are somewhat obfuscating the long-term upside in the name. The, the big point that I would uh, allude to would be, Chris Kamchinski came a call and basically said that the menu rationalization 2020 unlocks two points of margin. So if you were to look at the trailing five-year company owned restaurant margins, that gives you upside to about 19.5% potentially once we're through the worst of this
0: hmm Ethan, are you a fan of the group, particularly those restaurants that have moved forward with digitization, whether it's kiosks, apps, uh, delivery?
1: Yeah, I think it's a necessary piece of how this sector is evolving. And essentially what we're seeing the demand for across the space, but especially within this wider QSR environment is, are you in the channel where the customer wants to be met? And so having that wide array of channels to utilize, to be able to reach your customer, it's something that definitely gave McDonald's relative strength throughout kind of the height of the pandemic, certainly did so again in the last few months. And it's something that's going to continue giving the brand strength moving forward.
0: And your thoughts, Sean, are you you a fan of the group overall?
2: Yeah, I think so. And as you think about sort of the restaurant recovery as it drags out here, it's going to continue to be top heavy. So, from the perspective of an independent operator, it's a lot more difficult to swallow the cost of uh, investing in a te- technology platform to link your point-of-sale system with delivery aggregators. Uh, it's more difficult to compete as wages continue to rise. You, you know, uh, Wages in the sector were about 13.5% last year uh, for the BLS data. So, as you're unable to sort of fully staff day parts, as you're unable to really build out your off-premise channel, uh, it's sort of natural that the sales recovery is going to accrue to the biggest players, your, your McDonald's, your Starbucks, your restaurant brands, your yum.
0: Mm. So when you look at the group, I mean, when you think of a Chipotle, it seems like Sean—that's the one that everybody seems to scream buy on. What were the other ones that you thought were were better?
2: Well, I would say right now McDonald's trades in a range I'd call fairly valued, and that doesn't happen tons. So if you're an income investor and you're looking for a 2.2% yield at the current market price, that's not a bad look. Um, I'd say right now my top pick would be Starbucks. So you think about getting wow. about a 10 to 15% discount to my value estimate of $109. And that doesn't happen often. Starbucks is a a rare growth at scale story. And they do a really good job catering their offering to the local market, which is fairly rare. Uh, They've got exposure to the two biggest food service markets uh, in the U.S. and China. And investors will have to navigate some near-term volatility as you think about rolling lockdowns in China and unionization efforts. Uh, But I do think that's created a buying opportunity.
0: Mm. And as we talk about buying opportunities, some of the things that have come up, such as wage increases, which we've been talking about here in our conversation, those aren't likely to change. I mean, nobody's going to go. Um, back and say, oh, we're taking back that extra couple of dollars we gave you. We're going to roll back that 50 cents. I mean, I don't really see that happening. I think a lot of these companies that are paying more are either going to just keep paying the current wages that they're paying, because they did have to up those wages to keep labor, which has been, you know, a churn and a challenge.
1: No, I think that's absolutely Ethan. fair. That,
0: that, I'm sorry, sorry. Ethan. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's this is this is a challenge, but it's a challenge that's facing the wider space. And I think those that are investing and having labor remain and investing in that workforce now are going to reap the benefits of it later. I think another great example, is, you know, we mentioned Starbucks. It's This is one of those companies that's clearly making some really significant investments in ensuring that their current strength relative to the rest of the market is going to be an even bigger strength moving forward, and you think about, you know, McDonald's, Starbucks, others, that ability to be there for the customer, even in this current environment, is something that's going to, you know, pay off dividends moving forward.
0: Yeah. But, Ethan, are you concerned about some of the other facts of inflation, right, which is food costs, transportation, energy, the trucking, the shipping, the oil? Um, It's just not one point, right, Ethan?
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, and and these are significant challenges, but I think when you try to take that longer-term perspective on where things are going, what you tend to see is that, those short-term challenges dissipate over time. And that investment in the strength and the size and scale that these chains have enables them to deal with it more effectively and then to be better positioned when things do normalize over time. So yes, there is a short-term challenge, but the investments being made currently in enabling them to do relatively well within that environment are going to enable them to do much better in the long-term.
0: Right, right. Sean, a quick final thought.
2: Yeah, apologies, Ethan. I think I'm on about a two second lag. Uh, But no, I absolutely agree. So you think about McDonald's, they added about $400,000 in sales per store. uh, And the headline figure is adding $125,000 of franchisee cash flow last year. So really, Mm -hmm. the system is as healthy as it's ever been. And long term, I think inflation does get priced through. The saving grace is that grocery inflation has actually been a little bit higher than food away from home. So if these costs are across right. the board, uh, ultimately, that's going to be able to be passed on to the consumer.
0: All right. Sean Dunlop of Morningstar, Ethan Chernovsky of Placer Ayla AI, thank you both very, very much. Appreciate it. A thank great you. conversation. We appreciate it very much.